Hello, everybody, and welcome to Community Accountability Equals the Cure. My name is Destiny Miller. I am the Operations Manager for RKL Behavioral Health, as well as the Content Organizer for Community Accountability Equals the Cure. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Lomas. I'm the founder of Jesus 911 Community Ministries, RKL Behavioral Health, and Community Accountability Equals the Cure. So uh, Rob and I would like to explain to you guys today exactly what uh, this platform is for. So this is an opportunity to gain the perspective of those around us and uh, learn how our decisions affect our community. And we accomplish this by reaching out to everyday people about everyday issues that affect us all. And by gaining perspective with integrity and transparency, we can gain a stronger and healthier community. So this is a platform for everybody's voice to be heard it is an opportunity for all of us to understand each other more in order to kind of stitch up some of the wounds uh, that we see in our community today. So Rob, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the vision behind this movement and uh, where the concept came from. Uh, sure, Destiny. The movement started in 2010 or two old, no, 2010 in Lima, Ohio, in the Allen County area. Uh, one of the first uh, opportunities I had to work in uh, nonprofits in the community and in outreach was at a place called the Ridge Project. And my job description was a facilitator, community case manager, which my journeys took me through all throughout the state of Ohio. And I uh, would often have to partner with other agencies such as Child Support, Ohio Adult Parole Authority, Ohio probation departments and uh, job and family service, you name it, any of the other people, okay. Salvation Army and, and so on. Uh, when I first started working, the job was going smooth and well, everything was going great. And I was excited. I was starting to see people get, get help and uh, things were going great. Then uh, about probably six months into the job, I started to, to run into a lot of resistance. And at first I thought it was just me. And I think the first incident started at Allen County Child Support. Uh, when I noticed that a lot of the people around Allen County went out of their way to, and I'm speaking of agencies that's putting place to, uh, to, to, you know, to help people. And it just wasn't, right. you know what, just wasn't convicted felons. It was also uh, people coming for the services were having to jump to extra hoops. And uh, a lot of times being uh, a lot of times being discredited and really uh, almost kind of um, almost dehumanized in certain ways, uh, literally have to, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you know, really get basically get on your hands and knees. It felt like for help. Yeah. And so after a lot of thought and a lot of prayer, uh, I decided, uh, you know, I prayed a lot and I decided, you know, which I am a man of faith. And I'm also an ordained minister. So, you know, it starts with me, with God. It ends with God. And, and it's going to start with God throughout my life has been God. And, you know, it's just right. me. I'm not bashing anybody over the head with uh, my beliefs. But um, after a lot of prayer, uh, I went home and I uh, was talking to my wife and we were on the back porch and uh, and I was speaking about it have to be something that could be done. Uh, to hold other people accountable because I felt so so trapped within the system. Uh, right. Here I am, uh, Destiny, sent here to do a job. Um, we're instructed at the main office to uh, 
don't make hay with these people and partner with, right. with these agencies and we're coming into their community and we just assuming that these are uh, men and women of integrity and, right. and uh, uh, you know, people of honor. And uh, and I'm not saying it, and this by no means am I saying Allen County Child Support or the APA is, is corrupt or crooked or anything like that. But, you know, to whom much is given, much is required and that's biblical. And so um, if I'm put in this position, I believe whether it's a school teacher, uh, put, in, put as an educator over over our children, or uh, even the police that's meant to protect our community, somebody has to hold somebody accountable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we spoke about it before on another podcast that, you know, absolute power corrupts. So after me and my, back to me and my wife, <laughs> uh, we were coming over, we were kicking it around. I said, gotta be some, some, some accountability. And, and that's where, well, what, what's the result if we got everybody, how would that look like? We, we dare to take a look at what it would look like if everybody was being transparent and if everybody was accountable and and we finished it. She kept saying accountability and I said, well, that equals the cure. And yeah. so that's where we got that from. And the movement started when I stepped out in faith, Destiny. Yeah. And wrote it and started with writing a letter to the judges and making other people aware of uh these different agencies that had had this power for god knows how long to do just what they wanted uncontested yeah. Uncont uncontested power you know we spoke about that we speak about that often too yeah and uh so that that's how it came about and uh it did well in the end how should i put it i'm gonna say in the end but it was the beginning yeah <laughs> what looked like the end which uh eventually the to make a long story short, it reared his ugly head where they wasn't very happy about me going over their head and making the judges and the people of uh, that was over that they answered to aware of what they had been doing. And, right. um, so it reared his ugly head when I was called in by uh, a supervisor over at uh, Allen County Children's Services. Uh, I was uh, called into her office and I had wrote a letter, had written a letter, excuse me, for a uh, a young Latino gentleman that was just released from federal penitentiary. And uh, he was trying to get the permission, one from uh, child support to be able to have his uh, driving privileges extended, to be able to stay out a little longer. And also his parole officer to allow him to work the next county over, which this job would have paid him five or $6 more an hour, which it did, he ended up getting it. But, we had to fight That's to get, awesome. we had to fight, you know, and uh, yeah. here's an opportunity. We trying to get this guy, uh, you know, off, uh, you know, the handouts and the assistance and, and all of that. Right. And, and, and here these, uh, here the people that were supposed to be there to help him was fighting him with all their might to keep him in the system. And and I yeah. found that I, I was a little confused. So anyway, this lady, uh, I've written a letter for this gentleman and uh, uh, which is against the law. She had opened this young man's mail and read the letter that I had written for the judge. And mm. she, in so many words, she really, she literally threatened, threatened me, Destiny. She said, uh, yeah. do you really want to send this? And I'm like, she said, mm. I wouldn't, but the letter was half open. So I just kind of took a peek at it. Uh, we don't believe this young man is these things. So here's a lady that's a child, uh, 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 what is the child support enforcement officer? I don't know what her, their titles are down there. I'm not sure. Right. So don't, don't quote me. And here's a parole officer, which they they all attend the same church and 
and I'm I go ahead and said the good old boy network for the females, I guess. And yeah. uh they had to decide it that this guy that had served 12 years, uh you know, the way I took it is uh, needed to continue to be punished. Right. Or under yeah, their incredibly difficult to to, to see know, get to back find, into society. Yeah, to find any redemption or or, yeah. or and you know, they didn't take in consideration that, you know, he's a father of three children and uh, he right. was married and uh um, and if we take him, they had already suffered for almost a decade. Yeah, you know, there were there were negative ripple effects on the community for sure. But then uh, how do we change that? How do we turn those into positive ripple effects, not continue to make it a negative result? You know, uh, you know, absolutely. And, and here this this young man was always on time, always respectful at the fatherhood program and always uh if he couldn't make it or whatever it was always legit excuses doctor's note or whatever or, you know had to work over or whatever so when mm -hmm. you know m many people were you know so he, this guy was really trying so um she called me in there and she said well i said well i plan on sending that letter because i believe he is those things so i challenged this this uh individual over at uh child support and the next thing just uh blew me out the water when she said next thing she said to me she said uh well i don't know what you guys do in the five county area in foot and county but we don't endorse hug a thud hug a thud programs hug a thud, hug -a -thud. <laughs> I said, hug that's the first time i ever heard that term yeah. <laughs> and so I, I was wrestling with that and then i said oh she talking about she said well we, we don't hug our thuds here we, we make sure they stay in place or we send them away I was uh, confused a little bit, but I, it kind of so never any true redemption. No, no true redemption. And, 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 you know, they didn't care. So uh, needless to say, to wrap, to, to make a long story short, uh, they end up uh, complaining to my supervisors and putting us being in a twist on it, that I was an enabler or I was being manipulated or whatever they put the spin on. I was uh, forced to resign. And that was the beginning for me because then the next step was volunteer work at Cherry Street Mission as a volunteer chaplain, which that really blessed me and took me to the next, gave me a deeper understanding and a deeper perspective of uh, other people's struggles of all kind. Yeah. Uh, I, I grew so much uh, there at Cherry Street, learning about you know what what was curbside ministry and just being in hands-on ministry and uh, being available, which which goes all the way back to that's that's biblical. You know, uh, Jesus and the disciples, they were uh, they were visible throughout the community. And, and that's another whole topic where I, I, you know, it's one of the issues I find with, you know, today's institution, uh, religious institutions today. As they sit in the building because it's comfortable for them. Right. You know, so and we're not going to get off topic with that. So that's my story, Destiny. And that's how that came about. And that's how community accountability was birthed in, in, in the whole concept. And it's been running strong ever since, but uh, never yeah. at this level that we're trying to take it now. Right. And so, you know, that's my concept. So I like to ask you a few questions myself, Destiny. I got a few for you as okay, co-host. Sure. Co sure. uh, what does community accountability look like to you? So uh, for me, community accountability is just it's that's the long game right so that's that's the result that we want to see happen um <clears throat> so the whole concept we have with this platform i think the 
in its infancy, the most important thing for us to do at the start is figure out a way uh, to create true unity um, and true diversity Absolutely. of thought, you know? So I feel like those are, those are the elements that are necessary for us to get anywhere with this and everybody has to start somewhere. So the way I see it beginning is like really truly gaining perspective with open minds and open hearts and, and an eagerness to understand each other um, a little bit more. So talking to people about the struggles that they see. And I, and I mean, you know, people within the same community who, who might cross paths at um, the grocery store or, or somewhere else who may never really speak to each other. I think that gaining perspective will kind of help people understand how you still have an impact on each other uh, within your community. And uh, once we gain this perspective, once we understand each other a little bit more, open up our minds, open up our hearts, then we can see true unity. And we all know that with unity comes comes power, you know? And if we put the, the power back in the people, um, then we can see our community come back together, our community kind of stitch itself back up. So you're saying you, by, you know, unity and diversity of thought, in uh, yeah. allowing other people to, you know, respecting other people's opinion. Like, like they say, we can agree to disagree. We don't, you don't always have to agree all the time. It don't always have to be a resolution. You know, right. I can, you know, I can agree that it's just like, I remember when people would be so nasty to the Jehovah witnesses, when they would come knock on the door or the uh, Mennonites and the uh, different people that went door to door. And um, just because I didn't believe what they, they believed in, in, in the way they believe doesn't mean I had to be rude to them or, right. or or nasty or oppressive to them. And I remember people would get mad because I would give them audience. You know, it's not that I'm going to go and say, well, I'm going to Kingdom Hall and join, but I can right. at least be respectful. You know, yeah. if we could, you know, if uh, yeah, it's really it really is um, that simple. You know, kindness costs nothing. Absolutely. And. and Empathy costs nothing. Opening up your mind to understand somebody else costs nothing, um, but has everything to gain. You know, that's the mm -hmm. most important part about this entire platform is that all of us will benefit uh, from a, a community with diversity of thought and focusing less on what we look like or what, what type we fit into or what niche we're a part of. Um, if we're from the same community, we we do affect each other's lives, you know? So I think that that's the first step, getting us to a point where we can understand each other better and gain the gain each other's perspective. Then I believe that we can uh, become better activists within our community, uh, seek justice in better ways with, with uh, a team of people behind you, you know, within your community. So once we get to that point and then we see true unity and then we're able to get to the community accountability, you know? And then once we get to that point, we're able to um, hold our entire community, including ourselves accountable for the effects that we have on our community. We need to understand the positive and negative effects, um, why someone might think this is positive and someone else might think it's negative. You know, those are important debates and conversations to have. Then we see unity, we see community accountability, and then we see the opportunity for the cure, you know, to stitch these things back together and and become a whole again, you know? 
and, and you know to piggyback off what you said destiny we, we we're all living in a uh we're all living through a time period something like no one in our lifetime has ever probably experienced unless you exactly. are at least 100 or 90 at least you're at least 90 something years old maybe yeah if you live through the uh the, the the great flu epidemic or whatever it was called but um you know we didn't have to wear masks we didn't have to take them off we've been told told to stay in our house we've been told we can't fly without this or we can't do this we can't do that we've been we've had we've had fear fear um in the community and we've also had you know contesting on our freedoms and and we've it's all just been messy and we've all experienced loss you know, yeah. um, and, and this this is not a debate to say whether, you know, uh, COVID is real or who invented it or whatever. We know that these things are happening. You know, food is high, uh, gas and fuel is at an all time high. And um, yeah, we're just we're noticing the ripple effects. And, and, and you know, we does we don't know. But one thing here at uh, Community Accountability, we're stepping out in faith. And, Absolutely. And, and, and the worst thing we could do is sit around and do nothing. Yep. and sit around and say okay and sit in the house and let fear get the best of us so and the worst thing in the world we can do like i said again is, is just sit back and say okay we're just going to listen to what they tell us yep that's a great point that's exactly what it's about uh so at first i'd like to say i hope that you guys now have a better understanding of uh what we do and who we are um we hope that this is something that you'd want to get behind something that gets you excited like it does us uh, and if, if that's the case, please reach out to us. The most important part of all of this, especially at the beginning, is your inclusion. We want to hear your perspective. We want to hear your story. Uh, if you or somebody you know would be interested in interviewing with us, you can send us an email to info at rklbehavioralhealth.com. Um, if you're not comfortable doing you know, a vocal interview and you, you'd like to just send me an email telling your story, I can share that here on the podcast in the future. Um, and if you want to, if you want to support us and you support the movement, please like, subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel. You can go to rklbehavioralhealth.com forward slash CAC, uh, and that will have the links to all of our social pages, all of our podcast platforms, um, and everything you need to know about how you can support uh, this movement and support this platform. So, uh, thank you guys so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Please like and subscribe, share this, uh, sub you know, follow, um, and please leave us your comments, leave us your opinions and give us your feedback. We'd really appreciate that.